Hello, my name is Chris Bay and welcome to Saturday at Freeze Just Fucking Run, where we'll be looking back at Rangers 1-0 win over St Johnson and looking ahead at this weekend's game against St Johnson. Myself and the guys will also be discussing the draw for the next round of the Scottish Cup and the signing of Todd Cantwell. Joining me in this episode to go through all this, first of all, is Eddie. Eddie, how you doing, mate? Evening. I'm not bad, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. And joining Eddie and I, finally, is Kenny. Kenny, how are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. You? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, mate, not too bad. We've got a signing, so I'm feeling a wee bit happier. Ha. Um, but we all came on to that. So, obviously, the, the first thing that we'll talk about is the game against St. Johnson, um, just at the weekend there, the Scottish Cup game. Um, I mean, it's going to be quite difficult to try and get some content for this because the game was probably one of the most boring games of the season, one of the most boring games of the season, which says a lot about it, actually. Um, not too much happened. We'll throw the team, McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Davis, Barisic, Jack, Lundstrom, Sakala, Tom and Ken, Morelos. Eddie, I'm going to be honest with you, mate, I'm just sick of seeing the same lineup that I've seen for the last, kind of, maybe three, four, five years. It's it's stale, it's boring, and it's reflective on the pitch now, um, as we'll come on to speak about. Yeah, I don't think you could have picked any better way to describe it, to be honest. It's just kind of, you see it now and you're like, yep, not again. Yep, that again. And like you say, on the pitch now, it's getting to the stage where it's like, yep, that again, yep, that again. And then eventually we managed to find a way to win and we go, right, that was a rubbish game, but we've won and on to the next one. And then it's repeat. So yeah, I'm with you. It's a bit boring, but hopefully now, um, as we'll come on to later, we're starting to see a bit of movement. So we might see some changes. Yeah, yeah. Kenny, good point there by Eddie. Um, for in terms of the staleness, uh, repetitiveness, the, the the boringness, if you will, we are in a pretty good habit, though, because we're starting to obviously get the results, which ultimately that's what it's all about. Obviously, we would love to be entertained a wee bit more, but do you know what? Three games in midweek, uh, sorry, three games in a week, sorry, two cup games, progress to the next round of both cups, and we get a win at a very, very difficult venue at Rugby Park. You know, it's hard to moan, but we will obviously, as Rangers fans, find things to moan about. Uh, but it's, it's, as I said, it's a good habit. We're winning without playing particularly well. Yeah, we are. And to be fair, I think Michael Beale alluded to it as well, didn't he? The, the surfaces we've played on in the last week have been absolutely horrendous. Uh, that's eight of eight wins out of the last nine under Michael Beale. Um, and I totally agree with the two of you as well that... That we need a freshness, don't we? The the, the it is stale, and as you say, it's very very predictable. Uh, and you're kind of getting deflated at times, aren't you? But just watching the same regurgitated nonsense over and over and over again, we do need a a new menu, if you like. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good analogy. Um, we do need a bit of freshness. We do need what I would say some new ideals, because. I think, uh, I don't think it's controversial to say, uh, you know, it's not going to be groundbreaking news this, but I think this team has ran its course. And on the whole, you know, we've we've discussed this internally that we'll we'll take a deeper dive into this. It's probably best to do so after the window shuts. Um, On the whole, the team has had some unbelievable achievements, 55 Europa League final, um, obviously the Scottish Cup. But uh, on the whole, I think there's just been a, a bit of an underachievement there um, as a collective, as a group. 
and things as as much as it kind of pains me to say it because obviously we've got very fond memories of what this team have done for us over the years I've just mentioned them but things seem to be on the decline however to Eddie's point we have developed a quite nice habit of actually getting the results so I, I don't want to be blinded by that though because I think that eventually that will come back and bite us in the arse and the team will either have a mini collapse or one or two games where we drop points in crucial games or, or, or in fact any points that we drop now would be, would be crucial um so getting players in like we have done t- tonight with, with todd cadwell uh, todd cantwell sorry is is absolutely the way forward now for this team would you agree with that Eddie? yeah absolutely i think you've totally nailed it there and um to be honest, I'm kind of sneakily hoping that we'll see one more through the um, announcement either late tonight or early tomorrow. Well, yep, it, it kind of uh, obviously there is massive rumours that uh, Raskin and uh, Nicholas Raskin will, will will join, and from what I've heard, he seems to be the ideal kind of player for this team that we need somebody in the middle somebody that will take responsibility responsibility somebody that will actually pass the ball forward um can't say that i know enough a lot about him have to say i don't remember when we played against standardly age i don't remember him sticking out so that might tell his own story however looking at kind of the type of player he is kenny and he starts that that would be another good addition and another fresh new kind of pair of legs that can give some nice new ideas to this team because as as I said today I think we're kind of getting to the stage now where we're running out of ideals when it comes to games um, and eventually again as I alluded to that could end up biting us right in the ass. Yeah, energy and legs in the midfield, what a novelty 21 he is I think isn't he and a proper number 6 which we've not had for a long time I know Jack and Lutrum can play in there but yeah, it's exactly what this Rangers team needs is somebody to take the ball and pass it quickly. And yeah, I, I, I'm a bit like yourself, to be honest with you. I, I don't really remember him against Standard Lays. I know he missed the first leg, which was the uh, famous Kamar Roof goal night, wasn't it? But uh, I don't really recall him in the second leg at all, to be brutally honest about it. But the, the, the stats, the... You know, all all seem to be that he is a properly tidy little player. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to see, hopefully we get him in and ho- looking forward to seeing some energy in that midfield. Absolutely, absolutely. So the game itself, a drab affair. Um, the first 25, 30 minutes, it was a fairly even contest. Rangers probably had the, the better of the ball, if you will. I think St. Johnson were quite happy to just sort of kind of sit back, soak up some pressure and then look to do something on the counter. Never really troubled us. However, on the flip side of things, we never really troubled them. It, it was it was a really, really poor game. Um, at this point, I'm like worrying because we've started to, we've always seemed to be starting under Bill, slow. Uh, and I, obviously the, the, the pattern is we concede first and then we get a kind of a jolt from that, if you will. And in this particular game, I have to say, if St. Johnson scored first, I think we could have been about a, a spot of bother because, as I said, the ideals just weren't there. The imagination just wasn't there. However, Eddie, you, you could look at, um, I can't remember if it was Kenny or yourself that made the point, you could look at it at, you know, we played two games previous to this over a four or five day period. One, which was just a quagmire of a pitch at Hamden, and then the other, obviously, the, the, the plastic pitch at Kilmarnock. So you could kind of understand... Uh, 
why we were looking a bit jaded, a bit leggy. Um, but I don't think that quite excuses the the lack of imagination. But that just comes back to what we're saying. If we want to kind of go full circle here, it's it's just that this Rangers team have kind of hit a brick wall at the moment. Yeah, I think um, in regards to the pitches, I think Michael Beale discussed them, and we'll probably get into that. I'm sure as we finish covering this game itself. Um, but that is going to have its kind of toll on the players' legs. You, you'll see a lot of heavy legs, especially with the fact that we haven't got the squad to rotate players in and out and kind of freshen things up a little bit. Um, but in regards to lack of creativity, you're right, things are stale. It's a stale squad. I still feel, though, with the resources that are in that squad, even though it is growing a bit stale, they still should be able to put on a bit more of a show and show a bit more creativity against the likes of St. Johnson, and that's not meant in any offensive way to St. Johnson at all, but we all know they're going to kind of mainly sit back and defend. So we should have the quality in about the squad, and we certainly have names in the squad who should be able to produce a bit of quality, a bit of thinking. I think Ryan Kent over the last few weeks is probably one of the only ones, and certainly the shining light for me since Beal came back, who actually looks, or, well, him and Sakala, to be fair, um, look to be creating and, and actually drawing the opponent out a bit and looking to create space for other members of the team. But overall, as a squad, I do think we should be producing a lot more quality. Um, And hopefully it is just a case of apathy setting in and no real challenge to their positions within the team. So they're not, whether through actively knowing that they're doing it or a bit of unconsciousness, not providing as much as they possibly could because they know there's no real threat to their position in the team. Yeah. Uh, Kenny, that first kind of... Half an hour period, were you worried at all or were you always confident that a goal was going to come? Uh, yeah, I was quite confident actually. I just had a funny feeling that we would see the game through actually. Um, watching it, I, I tend to agree with you to try to find content for this podcast for, for the you know for the entire game. It was just it played in a potato field and um. Yeah, I get. Yeah, again, I, I was talking to Andrew. Uh, talking to Andrew last week about uh, Kilmarnock using the physicality, and I thought St. Johnson that first half hour really did go overboard with the physical side of the game, and I actually thought we coped with quite well. If you actually look at it in the cold light of day, uh, they didn't create very much at all, uh, as you said. Neither did we. But no, I was okay about it, Chris. I must admit, I thought we'll see it through and get the result hopefully and get down the road in one piece and that is what we did do in the end and we got there because of i mean what 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 we're kind of slating the lack of quality here but there was one moment of quality from a few players uh and that led to the goal obviously the ball was played down uh the line Kilman ran towards it back heel into the path of sakala who drove into the box he kind of Took the shot on. I think. I think it was a shot rather, rather than a pass, and the ball landed um, on its on its way to Borna Barisic, who just absolutely smashed it. Um, probably at the time a better finish than what I gave him credit for, because when you look at the kind of flight of the ball and where the ball ended up, top um, top left corner, goalkeeper's left, uh, Borna's right, um, a great goal. Um, kind of, kind of out of nowhere, but you have to say Eddie individual moment of quality from Malik Tillman again. We've seen that over the piece. Sakala positive, driving into the box. And then Borna Barisic with, um, I mean, 
I think I don't think it's unfair to say an uncharacteristically fantastic finish because we don't see it often enough for Bonner. I think um, it was actually mentioned in commentary that he had went two years without scoring a goal, um, and quite coincidentally, um, or, or uh, ironically, his last goal was against Standard Liège. So yeah, brilliant goal all round. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, Tillman to make the the kind of back heel pass that he did just showed great vision. Uh, that bit of creativity that we were looking for and crying out for at that moment. I thought Sakala, you know, in the past I've been heavily critical of Sakala, but I think at the moment he's outstanding. Um, He's had a couple of times, like the first half against Celtic, where he kind of looked a bit out of it, but then came into the game and absolutely tore Juranovic apart. Um, And again, I thought he was, he was one of the shining lights in this game. And I I felt he was unlucky to have hit the post because I actually, at the time, I didn't think an awful lot of it other than it was a decent shot. But when I've watched replays, I'm actually gutted for him. It didn't go in because it would have been a lovely finish if he had scored. But he didn't hit the post and he came back out. And you're right, Barisic's finish, uh, finish for me was fantastic. Um, absolutely uncharacteristic, like you say. I'm used to him kind of either hitting crosses or just hitting the ball wildly to nowhere. Um, so it was a lovely finish. And given the kind of moment when it came in and the need for a goal I thought it was perfectly timed as well and hopefully a nice little boost for Barisic and we'll start to see him come back into a bit of a game as well. Kenny your thoughts on the goal? Absolutely brilliant from Tillman again as you say, uh, a brilliant drive and run from Fashion Sakala. Uh, I, I, I agree with Eddie, I thought he was very unlucky but actually uh, the keeper makes a brilliant save from that strike, it's going right in the corner and the keeper parries it on, or manages to get a touch to, to it on to the post. Um, when it came to Barisic, I must admit, I didn't expect it to go in, but what a, what a strike that was. Absolutely brilliant. Um, delighted and one of the very uh, few pieces of actual quality in the game uh, over the 90 minutes, to be honest. But a great finish from Borna Barisic, actually really good. Yeah, um, and Rangers went in half-time, 1-0 up, and the second half sort of just played out. There really, really isn't much to talk about here. St. Johnson did have a chance right at the end, where obviously Tav sort of kind of cleared just off the line. Nicky Clark had a shot as well, which could have troubled us, but McGregor had it covered. McGregor flapped at one or two as well. Um, Rangers had a few chances. Alex Lowry put Alfredo Morelos in, kind of took a first-time shot. Um as I say, the game, I, I think I'm being kind here by saying that the game just played out and, and Rangers progressed, uh, but it was it was not pretty at all, um, the, the second 45 and, and the 90 overall, it, it wasn't pretty, but as we alluded to, Eddie, we're in the next round and we will accept that at the moment. I think, in actual fact, we will accept that between now and the end of the season if that continues to happen, but obviously the, the worry at the moment is what we could be due uh, a slip up if this was to continue, which I don't think it will, because obviously we will come on to Todd Cantwell. But um, to get through this period without any new signings, tough, tough games, a semi final, a Scottish Cup away match, a game against Kilmarnock at Rugby Park, an old fun match. I didn't think it had. I didn't think the team had it in them, Eddie, to be honest with you. Um, so credit where credit's due. Uh, albeit we are still nine points behind, but that is obviously because. Celtic are on quite a, we have to we have to be honest, a quite unbelievable run of form at the moment. Um but in any other year that this kind of form, eight wins and nine, would have brought us closer. Um so yeah, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty content because as I said, I didn't think that we had eight wins out of nine 
Innes without getting a new signing in, which obviously we hadn't um, up to that point. Listen, there's two things that Celtic have been able to do over the kind of last decade that we've really struggled with, and that's win games when they've played rubbish and come back from behind late on or pull a win out the hat late on. And we've never, we haven't been good at that for a long, long time. And this kind of five, six game period has shown a kind of shift. Yes, we're we're not happy with the football that's being played. It, it's like we've said, it's boring, it's dull, it's stale. But like you've said there, we're getting the results and we're winning and we're showing that kind of mentality to dig in and pull a win out of a terrible performance. Come back extremely late when we're actually losing a game or drawing a game. And, and for me, yeah, it's not a great watch, but actually it's still showing signs of improvement and showing a, me- a mentality shift because I... You've certainly been critical of it. I've been critical of it over the last couple of years that sometimes this squad has been shown to be lacking the mentality at times, specifically after Christmas. And perhaps this is the turn. Perhaps Beal's figured out how to get them to kind of flick that switch and and go from nearly was to actual challengers and start to produce those results and get the hard-fought wins when it doesn't look like you're going to get one. And if he can brilliant because I fully believe a couple of additions to this squad he'll get them playing and we'll start to see the good football come back along with the wins but to know that we can also now start to rely on them to pull out a scrappy win or a late win is brilliant. I'll take that um, going into the rest of the season for sure. Kenny how do you assess the kind of nine game period of Michael Beal's reign uh, thus far when you consider, as I said, uh, there, there's been no new signings. It's the same group of players that massively underperformed towards the latter stages of uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's reign. Um, and, and if you actually kind of drill down a wee bit deeper, these same group of players are the core group of, of, of this team, uh, you know, over the piece since they've been together, have shown that, that they haven't always been capable of such a run like this. I'm actually quite happy um, with not not necessarily with the way we're playing, but the results and the improvements that we're seeing. Um, listen, let's be honest. If we if we had sat there and played Aberdeen at Hamden, Kilmarnock away, and then St Johnston away uh, under Geo, we'd have done well to win one of those games. To be honest, the way that those games panned out, if you know what I mean. Um, so. The mentality shift is definitely there, as as uh, you and Eddie have alluded to. But the one thing I have noticed um, over the last couple of weeks, you can genuinely see the fitness levels are getting back up to what they need to be. Um, and and that helps with the mentality as well. Um, I just think that we are very much, as strangely as it is, with a, a kind of stale squad we're a work in progress, and he's, Michael Beale has alluded to this and said that you know over the next couple of windows we're going to have to reduce the age of this squad and all the rest of it. So fair play to the man for coming in. Uh, he's won uh, it's, six of these games uh, of these nine games, by the way, are away have been away from Ibrox, and he's won eight of them. He was unlucky to drop drop the two points against Celtic. We deserve to win that game. Uh, I, I'm actually quite content and pretty happy with the way things are going, Chris, I have to say. Yeah, results-wise, I'm obviously I'm delighted. Uh, Performance-wise, you know, th- there is a slight worry there. But to be honest, I'm, I'm quite happy to just draw a line now and and just sort of give the the team 
a blank canvas going forward from this point um, forward because hopefully by the weekend when we do play St Johnson again, we will have another one on top of Cantwell, which will bring a new kind of dimension to the team. So I'm happy to just sort of kind of sit back and, and forget about everything that's happened over the last, certainly the last six months, um, and then just kind of take Rangers at face value from this point forward um, until the end of the season. I'm going to try and enjoy it. Um, and over nine points behind, and the likelihood of kind of clawing that back and, and, and overturning it, in fact, is, is obviously it's highly unlikely, but um, you just never know. Um, and as long as we continue to win, and if we can add a wee bit of style and substance to that as well, it should be an enjoyable last couple of months of the season. We're obviously in a cup final. We're obviously in the next round of the Scottish Cup as well, and we've got two old fun games to go. So there, there is positives there, um, but we just need to continue to win. Um, and I'm quite happy. I'm kind of contradicting myself a wee bit here, but I'm quite happy to go along with Michael Beale's assessment and how he sees it by saying obviously it'll take a couple of windows. So I'm quite happy to sit back and 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 give a bit wee bit of patience in terms of better performances, so long as the results are going to stay the way they've been. Really, because at the end of the day, I, I'm kind of like a broken record here. At the end of the day, it's a results-driven business. It's wins only matter, nothing else matters. Certainly Rangers draws and defeats are, are no use to anyone. Um, and that's what Rangers continue to do. So in the next round of the Scottish Cup, um, before we come on to the draw, the, 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 it's a wee bit unfair to kind of pick anybody out from this game in terms of criticising them, because I, as I say, I don't think the team played particularly well. But um, one player that I do want to highlight, because I, I feel as if we should have a wee discussion about this uh, particular player, because... It's not just been the St. Johnson game. It's not just been the Rugby Park game. Um, it's, it's not just been the the League Cup semi-final where I felt this particular player was so, so poor um, at hand. And this is now a, a deep-rooted problem where I think that this, uh, this player, I have to be honest, uh, Kenny, I'll come to you first because I think you'll have quite a contrasting um, opinion to me. But I'm, I'm at the point now where I don't actually think this player's good enough to play for us, um, and that is John Lundstrom. Um, I just don't see what he brings to the table anymore. And my biggest fear about John Lundstrom was always that three, four-month spell at the end of last season was an outlier in his career in terms of a purple patch. I wanted it to be the rebirth of John Lundstrom, that this is the type of player that we're going to have going forward. But the evidence suggests, the body of what suggests that that was just a purple patch and he's now playing to form. Now, I get there is mitigating circumstances there where he said he's playing with a wee bit of an injury. I don't really buy that, to be honest. Um, I don't think that should excuse you from any criticism that is due your way. Um, I'm, I'm the same with the captain. Um, if the captain's injured, they shouldn't really be a detriment to the team, which he has been at times. Um, and, and John Lundstrom, if I'm being kind, I, I would say that this season... He's been poor. I could actually use a few more stronger adjectives, but I'll, I'll go with poor. And I feel that if I was to pick one of Ryan Jack or John Lundstrom to go into next season with, it would be Ryan Jack all day long. Because, as I say, I just don't see what John Lundstrom brings to the table anymore. Um, safe passes, that's his game. Lazy passes, crept right in his game. Doesn't I don't really see him working hard enough to kind of track back when he loses the ball. I see him shouting a lot to try and organise the team when the team looks disjointed and I don't see that that has an effect. And then I think to myself, you should be kind of sorting yourself out here because his positional play, for me, has been well under par. So I get that's very, very heavy criticism, but that's just the way I see it. Kenny, what do you see in John Lundstrom? Is, if I 
got this not totally wrong, but have I got some of it wrong, or are you um, inclined to agree with anything I've said? Oh, I can see where you're coming from. I don't necessarily agree with you. I actually quite like Lundstrom. Um, the only thing I would say, and you know, in terms of agreeing with you here, is that he's not having a good season. But you could you could lay that out a number of the Rangers players' doors, and particularly in that midfield. But our midfield is not functioning at all. Chris, to lay the blame on one person, I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't think, although Ryan Jack's come on to a game in the last couple of weeks, I don't think Ryan Jack's had a good season uh, either, to be honest. Um, Davis, before his injury, was not having a good season either. Um, it's a difficult one because I, I do understand what you're saying. Um, if you can get the, 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 the John Lundstrom from you know January, February time through to May, of last season, yeah, he's your, he's probably your first pick in that Rangers team because he was sensational, and I do agree with you. We didn't get that in the first half of the last season, and we've not seen it this season. I, I don't know, Chris. I, I do know where you're coming from. I, I understand that, but I think in terms of what happened under Geo, um, I think fitness has got had an awful lot to do. With it, I think confidence has been battered, uh, but I do agree with you in terms of his passing has been, in, in particular in the last two or three weeks, his passing has been appalling, absolutely appalling. Three and four yard passes that he's getting four, you know, four feet wrong and and, and playing it to the wrong side of players and uh, and putting us in trouble. So I understand what you're saying, but. A wee bit of patience between now and the end of the season and see where we're at. But what I will say to you, funny, funnily enough, is that I was talking to my son about this. I've talked to him a couple of times about it and I've just got a funny feeling he's not going to be there long. I'm not sure he's a Michael Beale type of player, if you if you know what I mean by that. And, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. But I'm not convinced he's going to be there next season, to be honest, anyway. I think that uh, what you're saying there is probably the only way John Lundstrom would leave Rangers uh, as if Michael Beale doesn't fancy him because I think John Lundstrom would love to stay here right to the very end of his career um, and I do agree I, I can't see John Lundstrom fitting into what the vision Michael Beale has um, the John Lundstrom of the Europa League run absolutely would fit into most Rangers teams let's be honest but I, I just I don't understand the drop off being so massive and I get that I, I totally take your point on board Kenny about the kind of the lack of uh, attention to detail to fitness uh, under Gio in pre-season but they still have a duty to kind of keep themselves in decent shape anyway um, and if the drop-off has been that big and that evident I, I, I struggle to blame Gio solely for that because there, there needs to be some sort of personal responsibility for, for, for his own sort of kind of condition and as you say if you even take the fitness aspect out of it Adele come to you with us the, the mistakes that he is making is just so basic and so I would actually describe it as lazy. It is lazy because if you can't hit a man, you know, five, ten yards away from you and you're getting it so wrong that you're putting it to the opposition, that that's just a lack of concentration. And I, I, I'll be honest, I, I, again, I, I, I was trying not to be as strong. I just don't trust him in the Rangers team anymore. Um, and to Kenny's point, Eddie, he did have a poor first half of last season. He has had a poor first half of this season. He's only been here a year and a half. And you're talking that that's a year of poor form. So 
I wouldn't be advised to see him go either just now or the summer because I just don't think long term it's going to work. Um, Adi, what's, what's your thoughts on that? It's a difficult one. I, I like Lindstrom. Um, I defended him a lot during the start of his Rangers career, if you remember, and then when he kind of came into that purple patch of form, I was lording it over everyone because I'd called it. It's it's hard to defend that this season because you're right, he hasn't had a great season. But then at the same time, I don't think many have. Um, you're right, he's had more poor than good now if you look at it over the course of his year and a half at Rangers. But then I think there's a few players in there who are good players. But actually, when you examine it at that kind of a level, I've had more poor times than good times in this current squad. I, I kind of think it goes back to what I said earlier about a bit of... Um, a bit of staleness in the squad that they're no longer feeling challenged for their their position and that allows them to get lazy and not whether it's and I'm hoping it's unconsciously you know not kind of do stuff that they would normally do and and play to the level that they would normally play because they're not being challenged it's that age-old steel sharpened steel if you've got someone who's nipping at your heels ready to take your position it kind of fuels you and creates a bit of fire in you to to perform better if there's nobody there and you know your position's safe then it's not really as much of a challenge is it so you don't whether you mean to or not you don't actively put in as much effort or you know some people don't put in as much effort as they can and I'm, i kind of hope it's a little bit of that and i definitely hope it's the unconsciousness um rather than a conscious decision to not be as good but i still have hope that he'll kind of come good as we start to see the squad get a bit of freshening up, a bit of competition for places, and I still think he has a role to play at Rangers. I think uh, it's important for me to clarify as well, that the reason I'm kind of singling out John Lundstrom is, obviously you guys have mentioned that other players have been just as bad, if not worse, and I think that the kind of mood amongst the Rangers fans now is, well, we kind of are done with those players anyway, so there's no point picking the bones out of that. Um, you know, we, we, we realise that players are going to have to leave over the next 6 to 12 months because they aren't good enough and they have got worse and we have to move them on. Um, whereas Lundstrom kind of escapes, for me, he escapes that uh, chat, you know, that, that theme, because I, 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 without kind of trying to uh, talk for other people, but I do think that that Europa League run heavily clouds people's judgment on Lundstrom, whereas if you actually look at the cold hard facts, I can only think of one good game he's had this season, which was Ross County away, which I thought he was good. And and to be fair to Lundstrom as well, I thought he had a good second half against Celtic before he came off. But um, apart from that, there's been nothing at all. Um, and surely for me, there has to be some sort of decision made there. And the decision is either we keep him, but we take him out of the team to get him up to fitness, uh, up to scratch, get, get him injury-free, get him completely fit. Obviously, we can only really do that when we get players in, or, or we obviously move them on. Um, one of the two have to happen, uh, and it will be interesting to see what what Michael Beale decides to do there. Um, so, obviously, the Scottish Cup draw was made, um, and Rangers got another home tie. Um, so, the conspiracy... Before we discuss Rangers getting a home tie, can I check who Darville have got in the next round? Because their game's just finished. Unbelievable. That's, <laughs> that's just... Is um, it one did it finish one nil? That it did indeed I. Aye, one nil. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I think we can I think I mean I'd love to be a kind of breaking news pod, but I think we can pretty much confirm now that Jim Goodman uh, Jim Goodwin uh will be a job, definitely. That is that is quite unbelievable. Um yeah. So that's gotta be the biggest shot in Scottish football history, actually. 
has to be. Uh, yeah, we're at Alvo Day in the Highland League. In the, um, west, west of Scotland, Scotland Premier, isn't it? And actually in yeah. the West of Scotland League, so they're not even yes. under the Lowland League. Wow, that, no, I think you're right, Kerry. I think that is... They're, they're the league below the Lowland League, yeah. Well, do you know, I have zero sympathy and I think it's funny as fuck. Um, well done to Darvo. So, yeah, Darvo are through the next round of the Scottish Cup, as are Rangers, and as I said, Rangers drew Partick Thistle at home. Um, to answer your question, Eddie, I don't actually know who Darvo got, but I, I know that you don't actually care. I know you were just... I know I know, I know what you were doing, Eddie. <laughs> um, Couldn't help it. So... A winnable tie, guys. Not, nothing much we can, more we can really say. King draw at home against a team division below. They're not having the best of seasons. They had a good start to the season, obviously, but they fell away a wee bit. Um, we should be looking ahead now. And I know at Rangers it's difficult. It's one game at a time and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, we shouldn't be getting beat at home against Partick Thistle, Kenny. No, we should not. Um, it should be, uh, what is it, three weeks away with the weekend of February the 10th and 11th or something, isn't it? So... Yeah, you know, we should be at full focus, at full, uh, full st- almost at full strength by that point because we've got Haji and uh, Roof hopefully back about that time, haven't we? So it's only going to be really be Tom Lawrence that will be injured, suitors coming back as well. Uh, it would allow us to play a few of these guys, you would think, yeah. um, and get, start to get them up to speed. We all respect the Thistle, you know, you give them every respect, but if we turn up, we'll, we'll get that job done, no problem at all. Good draw for us, delighted to be at home, and yeah, get through to the next round, please. Absolutely, I don't think there's really much you can add to that. Yeah, there's not much to disagree with there, apart from, I know it's a slip of the tongue from Kenny, I'm sure he said that Kmar Roof would be back. Yeah, didn't, I wasn't sure where he said when for, but I just assume saying he'll be back is a mistake now. Yeah, well, it's he's just an enigma, isn't he? Um, I, I actually love the boy a bit, so he's a tremendous I do, so. player, and I just it just frustrates the bejesus out of me these days because I think it's more in the head than anything else with him. To be honest with you, and yeah, you're right, it is. It is uh, yeah, I the it is. Look, it's I, I don't like to kind of share intimate details about players, uh, you know. What, what's what's going on up there and and how they feel about their own body? Uh, but obviously Kamal Roof heavily uh, criticised for his injury record, which is which is a bit unfair because he can't help if his body's not performing to optimum level. Of course he can't. But um, I actually know for a fact that Kamal Roof was told pretty early into this season. I'm talking August time. There is nothing up with you, and he asked for a second and a third opinion because he wanted to be told. That there is something because obviously it didn't feel right. Um, and the two or three opinions, you know, I think it was his calf. Um, I think it was his calf anyway. It was told, look, there is nothing wrong with you. Um, and then obviously he came back, and this is this is where it this is where it falls down. Kamal Roof's kind of argument for me. He done the exact same again with his shoulder. Um, he was told by Rangers that your shoulder's fine, and Kamal Roof was insistent on getting a second opinion. Um, and the second opinion came back and said he was fine again. Um, this is a guy who's struggling with his body, and I have complete and utter sympathy for him. But as a football club and as a football fan, you have to make brutal decisions, and the decision has got to be in the summer that Kamal Roof should no longer be a Rangers player. Um, when Kamal Roof is fat, 
and obviously insert your joke there if you want, but let's be honest, we have seen the best of Kamal Roof. We've obviously seen the worst, which is when he's not in the field. But um, when Kamal Roof is on the field, fully fit, fully firing, of course he's an asset, of course he is. What a player he is, and, and, I, and I do like him. But I think we have to accept now that we're never going to see that from him again. I made a joke saying that that's him out for three months now. Uh when he went down with the shoulder, and it genuinely was a joke, but the joke genuinely wasn't that far off reality. And considering that there is no actual injury there, um, or any serious injury there, there is obviously some soreness or some bruising to be out for the length of time that that um, Kamal Roof wants to be out for. Because again, let's be honest, let's call it what it is. He 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 feels he needs four weeks. And his timing for me is a bit sus. He wants to come back for the cup final. Uh, I mean, we've heard that before with Kamal Roof, obviously, Seville. Um, nah, cut our losses. Would uh, any of you want to passionately disagree with that? Or are you both on that kind of that opinion that we need to just get rid now? I didn't hear, um, I hadn't heard what you'd said previous, like just at the start there previously, um, that he was told there was nothing wrong. I wasn't aware of that. If that's true, then I would just be cutting my losses now. We'll kind of be wasting time with someone who is wanting to hang back and just hang back until the body's 100%, because that's never going to happen in professional football at this stage. Um, they're always going to have little niggles, little tightness, that kind of thing, and you you have to play through those. It's the actual proper injuries, muscle damage, that kind of thing that you need to be worried about. But if, if it's just he's a bit sore, I'm sorry, but you play in a... a professional sport you're always going to be a bit sore that's just the toll that it takes on your body and that's why you're compensated so richly yeah can you imagine this guy in the 90s chris under Walter smith and that nine in the road team yeah i mean honestly and and this this boy is as i've just said i absolutely love him to bits as a football player tremendous player probably the best movement uh, from a striker that I've seen in a number of years up at Ibrox, I've got to say that. Um, but he's on a fortune. Yeah. He, he's on an absolute fortune, and that's the issue. Uh, we can't afford passengers like that. We just can't do it. So I'm all for um, getting shot of him if it's at all possible. And it's a, a horrible thing to say, but it's it's kind of true. We we could get much much better value for money. Just to yeah. your point on the nineties, there like. Can you imagine him alongside Richard Goff? Richard Goff used to come in with his arm hanging off, barely stick exactly. on and claim that he was fit to play. He would walk in on one leg and, and claim he was fit to play. And then you've got players now who have a little bit of soreness and say, oh, no, I'm going to have to take a month off. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I know we've kind of, this is a, you know, an unannounced debate, if you will, because we weren't really planning and talking about it, but it's a very valid discussion. Um, the, the thing is, this happens and you, you almost, as football fans, you don't see it for what it is. We just see a player who's on a fortune, not contributing, not playing, not in the park. And then you get a wee glimpse of him and you go, oh, that's why that's why we signed him, because he is complete quality. The same thing happened to Andy Webster, where Andy Webster just couldn't play for Rangers because Andy Webster had to feel 100% in order to take that field because the pressure of playing for Rangers was so big. It was so draining mentally that he didn't trust himself to put in a performance of the required level unless his body was perfect. 
And so there is an argument there that they're doing it for the team. They're, they're, they're not going to put the team in a detrimental position that maybe that we have discussed with James Tavenier and John Lundstrom, who have been carrying Knox this year. And it, you can clearly tell that they're carrying Knox. And it's cost us a few times. So you can admire it a little bit, but there gets to the stage where you're just like, mate, I don't think you're ever going to be 100% fit. So stop aiming for that and just, you know, be brave and take to the field and... With Kamal Roof, as I said, he's getting into the kind of Andy Webster uh, category for me now. And we see me Andy Webster when Andy Webster didn't play for Rangers, he never missed a game. Dundee United played a full season with him. Hearts two years after he spent two years at Hearts after leaving Rangers, never missed a game. Wound down his career with St Mon, never missed a game. And the pressure of playing for Rangers was just too much. And Kamal Roof's a big time player, don't get me wrong, but I think I think he's in that category now for me. Kenny, do you think there's kind of parallels there? Yes, I do actually. Uh, but the one thing I will say about this uh, in the cup semi final, he went down and it, he's obviously injured himself. Nobody's debating this, right? But you could tell the minute he went down, he lay still and he wasn't moving. He, in his mind, instantly he landed on his shoulder, was going off that pitch, Chris. You could tell he was his mind was made up and he was not carrying on. Uh, I, 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 I'm kind of flabbergasted at that when you're sitting there in extra time in a, a cup semi-final and the guys just went, nope, that's that's me done. I, I really don't understand that, to be honest. They wouldn't even give it a couple of minutes to see how it was. He just went, no, I'm going off. Um, I, we we can't have that. Uh, yeah, I, it, just, it just comes back to what we're talking about, really. That. He needs to feel 100% fine before he can carry on and... and you it know, certainly looks that way. Uh-huh. It's it's just never going to be the case, and and we we really have to be thinking about cutting our losses. If we're not going to get a buyer, um, it's going to have to be a good old Martin Bain mutual consent. Um, and I'm all for it to be honest because uh, it frees up a bit of budget in terms of wages. Uh, it gives us a player who well, I've said I think I said this in the last podcast. Um, we're clearly going to get a lesser player to replace Kamal Roof in order to get a league for league or better. That's that's five, six, seven million. You know, Kamal Roof. I've said before as well. Only plays with Rangers because his injury record. Like if if his injury record wasn't what it was, he'd be in the Premier League easily. Um, we are clearly going to get a lesser player, but he's going to contribute more. And at this stage, that's kind of what we need. Um, sadly, for Kamal Roof. So. Uh, whoever brought Kamal Roof up, I fair play because it is, as I said, it is a debate worth having. Um, we'll come to St Johnson very quickly, playing them again next uh, Saturday, or sorry, this Saturday coming. Um, it's in the league, it's at Ibrox, it's uh, three points up for grabs. I expect Rangers to do the job. St Johnson, for me, you watch them, they're f- genuinely, they're full of a who's who of Scottish football. It is just complete SPFL jobbles. Um, Nicky Clark, Stevie May. Andy Considine, um, to a certain extent Jamie Murphy, another couple of boys that they brought in for kind of Hibs, Halberg and uh, I think Dre Wright. Um, I think Liam Craig's still on the books here somewhere. I think Murray Davidson's still kicking about doing something there. Um, a complete who's who of SPFL jobbers. The, these guys have never really done much. It's not even the core of the team that won the, the double with St. Johnson. They're clearly 
a very poor team. Probably, do you know something? It's probably one of the poorest St. Johnson teams in the last 10 years, uh, in, in, in my view, because they've always had pretty decent teams since they came back up. Um, and th- this is certainly one of the worst. So they shouldn't cause us problems, technically. Obviously, physically, they, they, they might. But they shouldn't be coming to Ibrox and even thinking of having the audacity to try and take two points off us. And in, 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 in actual fact, even the three points. Um, it should be a fairly comfortable result. Um, Eddie, do you go along with that? You would like to hope so. Um, it should be now that we're getting back to Ibrox, back in front of our own crowd. We know how they play. Um, we should see that little boost. I'm hoping it's a good game because actually I've given my tickets to my boss and his son and take his son up to his first ever Rangers game. So I'm hoping they actually put on a bit of a, a game for them. But uh, unfortunately, I remember my son's first ever Rangers game was a St. Johnston match as well, and that finished nil-nil. So I'm hoping there's a bit of a difference there. The only thing I will say is I'm disappointed in you when you were naming the St. Johnston who's who there. You missed out Michael Francis O'Halloran. Of course, of course I did, uh, because um, I don't acknowledge him anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, he, he He's dead to me. Um, he he ruined his Rangers legacy last year when he scored against us. So, no, I don't have a way to discuss Michael Howard and um, spat out. <laughs> That's what I- ruined his Rangers legacy, <laughs> aye. <laughs> yeah. Aye. Um, no, I, I, I will be generally honest. I actually forgot he played. Why did they not play at the weekend, though? Is it just because he shot you? <laughs> no, no idea. <laughs> um, Kenny, same for you. Should be a fairly, by Rangers standards, comfortable afternoon. Certainly hope so. Um, I think they'll set up slightly differently because they're away from home. It's not a cup tie. I th- as I say, I thought they were uh, bordering on overly physical first half uh, on Saturday night. I thought they were horrific to watch. Um, it's, I mean, from going from Kilmarnock on the Wednesday night with murder ball McInnes to that, um, no wonder we can't get good sponsors and uh, in Scottish football, honestly, who who's watching this apart from Ranger supporters and your opponent? Because any any neutral watching these games would turn it off after five ten minutes. Honestly, it's brutal. Uh, but I do expect them to change their setup and be a lot more defensive than they were in the first half in terms of launching the ball up the park and using any part of their body that they can get away with. But um, you would expect Rangers to turn up, hopefully get the first goal and settle down and play and enjoy being at Ibrox for the first time in a few weeks, eh? Just hoping. And one player that we hopefully will see this weekend, um, I mean, there is there is some rumours there that he is carrying a knock. Of course there is, but um, that is Todd Cantwell, who was announced tonight as being a Rangers player. Now, we discussed him last week, Kenny. Obviously, I was saying that I like the fact that he has a wee bit of a eccentric, uh, that he has, he does what he wants to do. He knows what he likes and he enjoys what he enjoys and um, he doesn't really give a fuck what anybody thinks about him, which is, he'll do for me. Uh, you know, that's the kind of characteristics of a guy who should do well at our football club. However, there is the other side that, you know, he is, try to think of the right term here, he will annoy all the right people both on our side and the other side of the city. Uh, he will frustrate the life out many, myself included, I think. I have to be honest there. Uh, but this is a guy, this is a top quality football player. Let's not let's no make no mistakes about it here. Like, this is a very, very good football player. You know, two, well, certainly one 
fantastic season in the Premier League. His second season, not so well, but he's had two promotions with Norwich. He's had one fantastic season in the Premier League where he was touted for 40, 50 million moves here, there and everywhere. Scored against Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, Man United. Um, he's only 24, so he's at the right age, bags of ability, um, and he's an Rangers player. And I'll have to be honest with you, uh, Kenny, you told me three, four years ago, sorry, if you told me three, four years ago that Todd Cantwell would be a Rangers player when he was in that kind of form, I would have, kind of, I would have tried to get you section, to be honest. So I'm very excited about this. I'm really, really excited about this. And um, I think he will be that wee bit of magic that we're kind of missing. And the potential for a Cantwell, a Tillman, a Haji, Sakala, a Kent, Morelos, all linking up on the same field, that kind of does get the mouth watering a wee bit. Yeah, it certainly does. And let's let's not kid ourselves on. The championship, the top end of that championship as well, is of a very high level, Chris. This boy has had a had a, a year or so where he's he, he's not he's been in and out of the team and then not getting a game and by all accounts a lot of that has come down to Dean Smith as far as I can gather that he had a fallout with Dean Smith about uh contracts and got dropped and um then it was his attitude and all the rest of it. Uh, but again, what I have heard is that Norwich, he feels that Norwich kind of let him down a bit uh, and he's kind of went bugger you to them. Um, so the consistency thing, again, that's what we want to see. But listen, this is one very, very exciting player. He, 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 this is a goal-scoring attacking midfielder with bags of talent, bags of pace, uh, bags of skill, great technique. Um, and if we if we can get him back to that kind of level, uh, yeah, let's not kid ourselves. This this is a proper uh, proper football player. If we can get him back to that kind of level, very excited like yourself to see how he copes up here. Uh, I think it will be a little bit of an eye opener for him. I don't think though. I don't think he'll get a split second to. To settle in, if you like, I think he'll be straight in and at it, and we'll see how he does, Chris. But I'm very optimistic that we've we've signed a very decent player. I have to say, Eddie, before you kind of wax logical about uh, Todd Cantwell as well, let's kind of just get the negatives out of the way. He's chosen number thirteen, which is uh, I think that's in character. And Rangers have done this really, really weird thing again, where they don't disclose the length of the deal. We've just been told it's a long-term deal. Madness, isn't it? Is that, I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what's going on there, why we've suddenly decided that we're not going to reveal contract lengths. Um, it's kind of made things very confusing, as we've seen with the, the Haji contract extension, where he's ended up signing one because either the club didn't know how long his contract was or... Um, his agent didn't know or whatever it was there was a lot of confusion around it and I'm not entirely sure why we've now just switched to this model of not announcing it. it's very it's a very different way of running a football club but you know let's see what happens see if it works um I quite like I quite like that he's picked the number 13 because I, I like the number 13 um just deviating a little bit from football I'm a big NFL fan and a number of my favorite players have worn number 13 over the years so Number 13 will do for me for now. I'm sure it's just a placeholder until the summer and I imagine he'll be taking on the number 10 next season. Are you excited to see him though? 
Uh, yeah, I am. We talked about him last time. You have just spent ages talking about him. I don't feel I can add any more that the listeners are going to care about, to be honest. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, just very quickly then, before we wrap up, obviously Raskin, we, talk, uh, we, we kind of touched upon him a little bit. The other potential signing is Morgan Whitaker. Um, look, look, this boy could be hit or miss. Um, my concern is we've seen this type of signing before, and it clearly, quite clearly hasn't worked, but that doesn't mean that Morgan Whitaker doesn't really work. Um, my, can, I, can I jump in there? That yeah. is the nicest thing I've heard you say about Mor- Morgan Whitaker since we've been linked with him, that he could be hit or miss. Well, to be fair. That, that is the biggest bit of praise you have provided him over the last 10 days. Yeah, uh, that says a lot, actually. Um, now, to be fair, the my, my uh, what do you call it, PS, P, PS, PSTD or PTSD, whatever it is. Um, PTSD. Yeah, that's not because of the player it's because of the type of player and the position and the level and the money being spent and this is what i would call the rabbi matondo syndrome that is developed within me or even i could go follow back the brandon barker syndrome or the jordan jones syndrome or the shea ojo syndrome or the jake hasty syndrome um is he the best we can get in that position i don't know he's had a good six months he's had a mediocre two years um he's not been used by swansea and that's kind of what I talk about. I believe we've been manipulated into a cat and mouse situation by fucking Swansea. And we should be above that. We should have put the, the offer in. If Swansea don't want to take it, we move on to the next target. And instead, we're having to play these mind games with Swansea. Is he going to be in the squad? Is he not going to be in the squad? And obviously, the consequences of him being in the Swansea squad and actually playing for Swansea this season means that we don't get him because he's played for two clubs this year. When the rule is you're not allowed to play for more than two clubs. Um, I think we call that the Daniel Cousin rule because obviously we failed to sell him um, because of that rule, uh, which is still in place by FIFA, not UEFA. FIFA, that's a FIFA rule. Um, so we're going to, in my opinion, uh, we're going to end up having to pay all the odds with us because Swansea feels if they hold all the cards when really Rangers should be like, hey, we, we've got we've got a plethora of targets here that we will now move on to because you don't want to play ball with. But instead, we seem to be putting all our eggs in the one basket for a guy who had a good six months in League One. Um, and people go, oh, but look what Aribo and stuff like that. We have to say that Aribo is the outlier. I can't really think of any other kind of League One player that we brought in that's actually done as well as Aribo did with, I think, George Edmondson. Um, would you say he's a success? I don't think so. Uh, and I can't, I can't really think of any others. So if we're going to base what Joe Aribo done at Rangers because of what he done in League One, Joe Aribo done that over a year with a promoted team. And I get that Morgan Whitaker was is with the leaders, or he was, he was with the leaders, but that's only six months. So it doesn't really fill me with confidence that just because Joe Aribo done it, it means that Morgan Whitaker is going to do it. Um, and my biggest fear about this is, as I've said, I've just I've seen this transferred before. I mean, surely yes, the laws of averages will be we will get one good one. But when he's coming with the same sort of profile as all the aforementioned players that I said, I'm talking about Matondo, Barker, Jones, um, who 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 else? Ojo. Um, I don't. I don't think it's fair to say uh, to put Jake Hasty in that because that was just a, a stupid. I don't understand why we signed him, but there's four players straight away that you can actually say have had a similar career tra- uh, trajectory to to Morgan Whitaker. So I'm very nervous about this one. I am. I don't understand why we're so desperate to get involved in shenanigans with Swansea City. You know what I mean? And it's there should be other targets there, and one of the other 
guys that we well uh, apparently linked with who I believe could do a, a, a turn for us as the boy with Commando. The I think his name's Armstrong. Like you know, it's. I'm not saying that, I think his name is Daniel Armstrong, I'm not saying that he's going to be the be-all and end-all, but I'm sick of Rangers doing this, where there's clearly talent right under our nose. Josh Doig, Lewis Ferguson, Aaron Hickey, um, all have moved on to pastures now, whereas we weren't even interested in these players, and they're right under our nose. And people always say, ah, but these clubs won't do business with us. Well, what, why, why are we saying that? Because we don't know if they'll do business with us, because we've never actually tried. And there's a wee bit of snobbery uh, that's kind of developed with Rangers in, in that in that respect, which I, I'm not I'm not a fan of, especially when you consider that we do need to sign homegrown players. Uh, Kenny, what's, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, getting into a situation with Swansea, nah, knock it, knock, knock that one right on the head. Uh, didn't like what Russell Martin did at the weekend. Uh, don't like the situation that um, Ross Wilson and our board has put our manager in and uh, our club in where Swansea think they can sit and dictate to, to Rangers. I think that's an absolute nonsense. Uh, not for a player that, in my opinion, I don't know, I don't watch League One, um, but anybody telling me that there isn't better or equally as good £2 million players, which which is what Swansea want for them, uh, all over Europe, there'll be dozens upon dozens of them Behave yourself. Uh, move on. Totally agree with you in that. Get um, get a grip on this. Rangers are actually becoming the most frustrating club on the planet when it comes to transfers. Um, this should have been done weeks ago. The simple fact is, with tra- forget Whitaker for a wee second here. Sorry, I'm going to deviate very quickly. The very fact that our manager, our new manager, has had to play a, a League Cup semi-final or via play Cup semi-final and an away tie in the Scottish Cup uh, against a Premier League side with no new signings when they're the two most important games of the season, when we've had three weeks to get players in, is nothing short of an absolute disgrace, Chris. It really is. It's tantamount to negligence. And I cannot believe that we are sitting talking about some random player from Plymouth Argyle uh, as if he's some kind of superstar. You know, it's, it's an absolute joke. It really is. Well, Eddie, I think I've just set Kenny off there and you thought I was angry about that. <laughs> um, it's I, I have to agree with Kenny and I have to say as well, um, I'm not avoiding that topic about the lack of signings. I, I did mention at the start of the show we're going to take a deep dive into all things Rangers uh, towards the end of the transfer window because I think that's the, the fairest thing to do to assess the whole situation but certainly the the three weeks of um, non-activity will absolutely be brought up in that, that particular podcast and and I have to say just about everything that Kenny said there I agree with entirely um, Eddie? Yeah, the only thing I'm a bit kind of different to you guys is I'm not entirely sure we are playing a game of chicken or we're involved in the game of chicken with Swansea I almost get the feeling, and perhaps I'm just hoping, we're a bit like, fine, do that. Like when Swansea come back and say, if you don't pay us two million now, then we'll play them on Saturday. I like to think the club have said, all right, fine, on you go then. We'll just move on to the next one. And then Swansea have then had to let him out. We've called their bluff and it hasn't worked. And then we can go back and say, right, you know, the offer's still there. We'll give you 1.5, 1.7 or whatever. Take it or leave it. And then if they choose to leave it, then fine. 
that's up to them. I I agree with you both that it's not a fight that we should be involved in, um, which is why I'm hoping we are just kind of calling their bluff and telling them to get on with it. I don't know the player at all. I haven't watched League One ever, I don't think. Um, so I can't judge him on him as a player um, and his, what he'll bring to the team. I just have to accept the decision made by whoever makes the transfers at Rangers now. Hopefully it's not who made the transfers at Rangers previously because I don't accept his decisions. Um, and I also agree with you on Daniel Armstrong. I mean, I, again, I, I don't watch Kilmarnock play unless they're playing as, but certainly when we played them the other night, I know he got sent off, but he looked bright, he looked direct, he looked creative. He looked like the exact type of player that we should at least be casting an eye over and not another one that we're just going to ignore entirely with some sort of snobbish or while he plays in the SPL or SPFL, sorry. Um, so he, there's no point us signing him, um, which I don't think I don't think we're as bad as you perhaps portrayed because we have signed a number of players from SPFL clubs. Just the majority of the ones we have signed over the last few years haven't worked out. But you're right, there are other ones that were under our nose that we should have taken a chance on that we've decided weren't at the level for our club because of who they played for and what league they played in and actually have gone on and done really well. So hopefully we can learn a few lessons there and give him at least a longer look and see if he's someone that's worth kind of probing and seeing what he would cost to bring to the club. It'll certainly be an interesting last week of the window. Uh, I do expect quite a bit of movement. Um, I do expect more than, than Todd Cantwell and Raskin, if it is to be him. I'd expect maybe one or two more. Um and uh, I'm fully expecting the obligatory, um, easy for me to say that word, the obligatory, I still can't say it, <laughs> the, the, the common Ross Wilson uh, transfer deadline day rabbit out the heart bullshit, I'm expecting that. And it'll be a player that we just don't need in a position we don't need to um, kind of recruit for and it'll be over the odds. I'm fully, fully expecting that. I'm calling that right now. Um, and if I get it wrong, then yeah, maybe I need to soften my, my stance on those folks. But listen, guys, that's, that's it's, it's been um, we've managed to get over an hour of content when I f- was really really worried that we wouldn't get ten minutes of content. So no, it's it's um, thanks very much once again, Eddie yourself. No, thanks. It's uh, always a pleasure to come on and talk Rangers, even when we're not doing so great. But fortunately, at the moment, the football might not be great, but we're getting the results, so it's still an enjoyable talk. Absolutely, and to yourself as well, Kenny. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Enjoyed that. Cheers, Eddie. Good chat again, as always. Sorry, sorry for setting you off there, Kenny. <laughs> no, no. Listen, I, I've been ranting about this for the last few days. I, I, it really is annoying me the way we are going about our business. Uh, we have got, as I say, <laughs> to reiterate this again, we've got a brand new manager in who had to win those two games last week. He had to, you know, the Aberdeen game and the St Johnson game, and we gave him nothing. To yeah. help him, it's disgusting, honestly. Yeah, Kenny's a way to punch a wall. Um, and as I've always said, you know, if you can like, uh, follow, or subscribe to any of our channels, we are on just about everything now uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Apple uh, Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music. We, we've got all bases covered. Anything that you can give us in terms of a like, um, follow, or a subs- uh, subscribe. It'd be very, very much appreciated, um, and the the smallest the smallest thing goes a long way with us. Um, and uh, Eddie, sorry to bring you back the the email address. I know you 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 man that if you will. Yeah. Um. So the email address is contact at 
Saturday at three dot co dot uk, and that's all words, no no numbers. Um, and if anyone wants to reach out, has any ideas for any podcasts, wants to come on and speak about anything in particular, or wants us to bring up anything in particular, just drop us an email, um, and I'll get back to you on whether that's possible or not. We're certainly we've spoken to a couple of um fans already about potential coming on one of our other shows whose team is it anyway that kind of thing so we're open to conversations if anyone wants to drop us a line and going forward next week it should be a busy week we will have um two defeats from a crisis going over hopefully uh, a victory over st johnson we will have a just fucking win where we will begin over a match uh, an upcoming match with hearts at ten castle which should be a tough one and obviously the transfer window will be closed next week as well that will be closed on wednesday next week so hopefully you know on the wednesday or the thursday um, but very late, it's by the Friday, we will have a kind of deep dive pod into all things Rangers business over the January, uh, over the month of January. So there should be three podcasts with you next week. St. Johnson review, Hearts preview, and then a deep dive. And four. So is that four? four? Yeah, because there's always the whose team is it anyway comes out on the Wednesday as well. Yeah, so four. Whose team is it anyway? So a busy week coming up. um, And thanks for listening as always. And we will talk to you soon. Cheers.